wherever you see engagement and you know liveliness going on in your brand, you do have to take that opportunity and try to do more with it. You're listening to the Content 10X Podcast, where it's all about content repurposing. I'm Amy Woods, and I'm here to help you maximize your content and find smart ways to get your message in front of more of the right people, whilst also saving time. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week on the podcast, I have a fantastic guest interview. I'm talking to Liz Elfman, who is the Director of Content Marketing at DataWorld and the founder of eSquared, a copywriting agency. Liz joined me to talk about a cadence of repurposing that can sometimes be overlooked, which is taking short-form content and amplifying it into something much bigger. Specifically, we talk about how Liz and her team turned a year's worth of LinkedIn posts into an ebook. She explains what kind of LinkedIn posts they focused on, how and why they chose them, how they managed to breathe life into quite dry topics to create something engaging and energetic, and the process of actually creating the ebook. It's a fascinating and insightful repurposing story. Liz has loads of amazing insights to share, so let's dive in. Liz, welcome to the Content 10X podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. I am really, really looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be amazing. Um, We've got a really fantastic example of repurposing occurring in an unexpected place, which I'm really looking forward to um, digging in with you. But firstly, I explained in the intro that you are the Director of Content Marketing at DataWorld. But I'd just love for you to explain a little bit more really just you know a bit of a summary about how you got to where you are today and what that means to be the director of content marketing at data world yeah absolutely so i've worked in the data space for a couple of years now specifically in SaaS products and i came here by way of being a full-time content marketer at stack overflow for a little while i was running my own copywriting agency for several years prior to that. And I decided I wanted to do something with a little bit less fluctuation, a little bit less, you know, the typical ups and downs of running your own business, as you know. And so I jumped into Stack Overflow full time. And that sort of opened up this world for me of being in very technical products that market to data people, software engineers, et cetera. Now, Full transparency, I have zero technical background. I've tried to learn code many times and just absolutely that's not how my brain works. So I've been pretty steeped in these challenges of marketing to technical people when I personally don't have a background in that. And I think because of that, I've found a little niche in this data space. So I typically come into startups and help them stand up a content strategy where previously there wasn't one, which means running all of the top of funnel from the blog to the resource center to sometimes sales enablement and product pages, things like podcasts and YouTube. And then we just come up with a quarterly balance of volume versus quality and run with that and then experiment, see what happens, measure, and then refine from there. So that's kind of my day-to-day. 
sounds great. Sounds very varied and interesting. And I'm sure, I'm sure you are all constantly kept on your toes with all of that work that you're responsible for in the, in the content world. So we are going to be talking about the really interesting story of how you repurposed a year's worth of LinkedIn posts into an ebook. So on the Content 10X podcast, you know, it's always about content repurposing. It's about ways that we can do more with less, ways that we can repurpose our content. Sometimes it's really, you know, strategically, carefully planned in advance repurposing. And sometimes it's where, you know, those opportunities just strike us in sometimes unexpected places. And the story that you and I spoke about previously to this episode of how you guys took all these LinkedIn posts and then created an ebook really took my attention. And that's what I'd love to talk about today. So if we could start at the start, what were the LinkedIn posts? Like, you know, what kind of posts were they? And was it the, the same person? Was it the page? So what kind of LinkedIn posts were you repurposing? Yeah, definitely. So at, at our company, we're really lucky to have a lot of super academic, really smart sort of subject matter experts at the top of the field and in the C-suite. One of them, our chief scientist, he's this guy called Juan Cicada, and he is just a brilliant scientist and kind of working at the forefront of AI and data. And he has his own individual platform that's sort of got nothing to do with the company. But he would go out into the world and travel the country, even sometimes across the ocean, and have these dinners where he would gather data leaders from various industries and backgrounds and they would all talk and he labeled them the honest no bs dinners because he really wanted them to be no marketing no selling no you know just get the brand out of it and have honest conversations about what's going on in the data world what's working for you what are leaders doing what has failed miserably etc so he would have these little salons if you will and then just write a short LinkedIn post afterwards with some takeaways and little notes. And in the data space with SaaS, it's very technical. It's very dry. It's hard sometimes as a marketer to breathe life into these concepts that are just, you know, they're useful and they're practical for people who are data engineers and analysts. But for the average person, when you're like, oh, this is a data catalog built on knowledge graph architecture, like it's not really that exciting, right? It's it's not so lively. It's not intriguing. You're not like, tell me more. And so with these dinners and these LinkedIn posts, I saw that, A, this man has a platform and he's got his own personality and brand and he's kind of fiery and funny and knowledgeable and very lively. And then also these posts and these takeaways were not your typical like chat GPT, chat GPT can just write this. It's a listicle. It's real insights really original research that he was doing sort of off the cuff and then just summarizing in the LinkedIn posts. That sounds, you know, fantastic, you know, really good, really valuable posts and somebody who's obviously, you know, got a really good way of communicating, having those unique insights as well. And so you're sitting on all these great posts that have accumulated through the series and through the year and you're thinking to yourself, right, we can do something more with this and the concept of turning it into an ebook. How did you start with that then in terms of taking that written content and then thinking through like, how would you order it? How would you create the ebook? Like what was the process to turn it from one to the other? 
Yeah, so it's a great question. Basically, I just wanted some way to capture these that weren't so bleeding. And I noticed when I put them all together, and I think I took all of the copy and put it into like a, a Google Doc or something, and I noticed that there were these little themes, you know, across the months and across the cities, people would talk about the same stuff. They would share the same struggles. They would share similar themed, you know, issues, solutions. So I decided, hey, why don't we capture this in a more sustainable way, a more evergreen way, and group it by theme? So I feel like there was a choice between going, you know, January, they said this, February, they said this, March, they said this, but instead, I just thought, let's order it by theme and then just cherry pick from every month and every dinner, things under that theme, group it, and then put it into a nice resource that's downloadable, ungated, and have some design thrown in there as well, just to make it more tangible because there was so much real insight and original research in there. It felt like it merited more than just a few LinkedIn posts, you know, scattered into the wind and then forgotten about forever. That makes sense. Like, it, you know, when the way that you found the themes and created chapters and things like that, as opposed to, you know, I, I didn't think really that you were going to say that you chronologically put the, you know, just like the selection of posts, because it makes more sense to bring some order and structure when it's turned into an ebook. And you mentioned about some design as well and, and you know, some visual elements to the ebook. When you positioned the ebook and uh, you're asking people to download it, you're telling them what it's about. Did you say this ebook is based on all the great LinkedIn posts that you've been seeing coming out from one over the time? Or did you just position it as something new and different without the mention of the original source from the ebook? Yeah, I think in the blurb on the landing page, we sort of set the scene and told the story a little bit. So over the last year, our chief scientist has been hard at work, you know, in conversation with more than 150 data leaders across the country. They shared their struggles, honestly, no BS, and here's what they had to say. So just tried to make it enticing in that way and then lead to the asset. Yeah. And then when you included some visual like design elements to the ebook, was any of that things like leading back to the the dinners and the meetings, like any photographs and things like that? Or was it more just specifics to the points being made and graphics and things like that created about the content itself? Yeah, because it was a year wrap up and it was, you know, you're in that rush like any marketer is to do the whole either end of the year thing or it's the beginning of the year. Here's what's in store for this year. There was a real time crunch. And so instead of having photographs and collecting you know, visuals from externally, I just had them pull out different things. So for example, some data leaders talked about the FAIR principles in data management, and I can't off the top of my head tell you what they are. It's this acronym, it's F-A-I-R, and each letter stands for something, and that came up over and over again. So I just had the designers pull that out and draw special attention to it, put like the text against a different background, and Anytime there was something that was a little more enticing or engaging or thematic, I just tried to have them pull it out like a pull quote or, you know, an acronym like that and just vary the design in that way and make it a little more visually engaging. That makes sense. My repurposing head is immediately going to almost like a, a loop that would then close because you've created the LinkedIn post and then you've done the 
you know, ordering and putting it into a book and then creating these design elements that are going into the book. But then those individual quote images and graphics and things like that that you just mentioned, to me, it immediately jumps out. Oh, well, they could get back and be reposted as new content then onto the social platforms as well. So were you able to repurpose the graphics that were created to bring the ebook to life into additional new and different LinkedIn content as well? Yeah, that's absolutely what we did. So we got a lot more mileage out of it. Yeah, it's like the gift that keeps on giving basically then, isn't it? Because then you create more content. I wondered as you were working through the content in order to create the different sections of the book, um, were you spotting content gaps as well? So did it give you an opportunity to bring some themes together and think, oh, actually, we could probably do with more content on this to close that gap and things like that, that you could then... Uh, feed into future content planning yeah definitely I think with original research you know when you aren't necessarily working with the budget where you can go out and say hire Forrester to conduct all this original stuff and come back to you with all these insights and numbers I was definitely thinking we've got to get more numbers going on in here more quantitative statistics like I think in order to stand out in this day and age that original research piece and those numbers when you can adequately speak to the business case of something like we saved 25% of data scientists time this week or we were able to complete like a data pipeline job 35% faster. Anything that actually speaks to the business case of how we finished something or how we got something done faster, how we created efficiencies, how we were more productive is really useful because again, with the proliferation of AI and chat GPT, it's really easy to just get any content live. So now the question isn't how much can I ship, but just what can I ship that actually delivers value and is original and couldn't necessarily be written by just a competitor in the space or really anyone anywhere. Yeah. I really like what you just said as well about with AI because one approach that I imagine some people may have made in this circumstances that you were in of thinking, right, let's turn these LinkedIn posts into an ebook would have been to, you know, slam them all into chat GPT or whatever and then tell chat GPT, you know, turn all of these LinkedIn posts into an ebook, see what happens there. Did you use AI at all? And I'd, I'd love just to know your thoughts as well on what would you think of an approach like that and what, what do you think the results would be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, I'm all for it. And I myself as a copywriter do use ChatGPT most days, especially when it comes to the stuff I'm writing about, because again, it's so technical. It's data. It's not my background. I truly have no idea what the people on my team are talking about a lot of the time. And so just to fill in those gaps and act as a study aid, ChatGPT can be really useful, but I'm also always really careful to make sure that I'm never copy and pasting something from there just because there are hallucinations, it might tell you the wrong thing. And also, if you use ChatGPT a lot, you start to realize over time that ChatGPT has a really distinct voice. It's pretty easily detectable. And so when you're using it, you can easily spot it online or you know, if a freelancer turns something into me, I can easily tell in many paragraphs, oh, you definitely use ChatGPT here. No shade, it's great, but like I can tell that it's not your voice anymore. It's OpenAI's voice. And so 
I try to use it as more of a study aid. And in this case, I think I just filled in the gaps like, these data leaders said this, can you tell me anything more about what that means or what that concept is? And then took those concepts and molded them into my own little paragraph. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes, and your social media content today? To help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step guides and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, what a good example of the way that you can use it to enhance what you're doing. Um, I totally agree with you that you can spot a mile off when, when the tone becomes chat GPT, can't you? I've had a few instances of that this week, actually, in, including the fact that we're currently recruiting at the moment and we've had, you know, maybe 20 applications to a position in the last 24 hours of which we've spotted almost word for word identical answers to some questions because the candidates have just asked chat GPT to answer the question for them. Oh my gosh, is, no way. That's is wild. So, it's wild, isn't it? What do you think about if you'd put the posts that you were wanting to work with to go into the ebook and you'd given ChatGPT the role of assess this content and come up with the themes? You know, how you were saying, you know, you, you went through, you picked out the themes to become the chapters in the book. What kind of a job do you think it would have done if you'd said pick out the five key themes and, and order this content into the themes that they belong? Do you think it would have done a good job with that? I really do. Like, I'm pretty pro chat GPT. I'm definitely not of the school where it's like, I'm not trying to be a cop about chat GPT and, hey, we've identified that you've used this, let's punish it. I definitely see it as more of an aid and a tool, but it definitely isn't a replacement for a copywriter for a content strategy at all. But for inspiration for themes, I think it can be great. Like I use it all the time. Sometimes if I'm writing something with five different themes, maybe two of them come from ChatGPT and three of them come from myself. And then the two that come from ChatGPT, I'll put my own spin on it. But usually I've never, I haven't found, maybe I'm not a good enough prompt writer or it's just not there yet. But I've found that when I ask it, hey, can you just straight up write this for me? It's always sort of lacking like I edited a proposal recently that was definitely written by chat GPT and I swear it was 15 pages of saying the same four sentences over and over again with slightly different words and slightly different I don't know ways of saying it and it I truly felt like I was going crazy I was like I can't believe this is this long and it's just saying the same thing over and over So it can look like the shell of something that has substance, but a lot of times when you go one level further and you look into it, start breaking it apart, 
the substance is a lot of vapor in there as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that we really have to make sure that we maintain our quality standards, don't we? And really critically review things because it is really easy to just see a load of words on it on the screen and be so happy that that just happened in front of our eyes in seconds to just think, well, it's good enough or it seems okay and things like that. But you absolutely have to make sure that you are not throwing any quality standard out of the window and you actually critically review it. No, but is it good? Like, is it is it good and not just good enough? And it, you know, well, it was done in seconds, so it's good enough. But, well, that's not good enough isn't good enough, is it? So <laughs> Right. And it's like, yeah. it's a great, you know, there's nothing more intimidating than a blank page. And to have a blank page suddenly become filled with words, it's a huge relief. But you can't just stop there, right? It's great to have something to work with. Sometimes it's easier to edit than to write. But ChatGPT is just not sophisticated enough. And I don't know that it ever will be. That's more of like a philosophical quandary. But it's just not sophisticated enough to do the job in and of itself. Um, And with this case... I was working with all of this original research insights from subject matter experts. So being able to combine that with chat GPT's sort of formulaic ideas was a perfect match. And and the end result was something that I thought was really high quality and people responded well to it. But it had to have that human original research piece in there to make it whole. Yeah. And and talking about the, um, you know, the end result. So Firstly, you mentioned that the ebook that you had at the end of the process, you said it was ungated content. So what was the the main purpose and intention of the ebook when it was ready to put out there into the world? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think as the director of content marketing and as head of content and head of the top of the funnel usually in the organizations that I enter, I'm always thinking about where do we breathe life into the brand? Where can we actually get eyeballs on this? How do we make people care? And at the very top of the funnel, I have the luxury of not having to do the hard sell for the product, right? Like I'm not always just trying to say, and here's why you should buy this. And that's a luxury because I get to be more creative and more interesting and just try to be engaging and raise awareness. And that's my metric that matters. You know, my metric is tied to revenue and tied to the pipeline, but not in such a specific like product marketing, sales enablement kind of way. And so for this ebook, I was really just thinking, hey, this is an incredibly technical product that we are working on. It's difficult to talk about it in a way that people understand on the one hand. And then on the other hand, here's this scientist that works for us. He's got a huge platform. He's lively. He's funny. People like him. He's got interesting stuff to say. He has a community of leaders that he taps into and they share things that you can't really find anywhere else in this sort of forum. And so how do we capture that and sort of, you know, in a nice way, steal his brand and liveliness and and fun, engaging stuff that he's doing and bring that in under our umbrella and just kind of capture it. So that was the intent behind it. And The reason for ungating it is just because while I did put a little call to action at the end, get a demo of our product, of our data catalog, at the same time, I just wanted it to get as many downloads, clicks, eyeballs as possible, I think. In this day and age, because there is such a content mill everywhere, 
and there's just so much volume, our marketing leaders and myself kind of got, fall under the ethos of just create good stuff, just be useful, just give without the expectation of receiving something in return. Like don't be quite as transactional, but focus on writing good stuff. You know, we're going to the effort of doing all of this and this guy's gone out in the world and had all these dinners and all these conversations. Let's just give it to people. Yeah, I love what's happened here because quite often when we are talking about repurposing content, we're talking about taking longer form, like bigger pieces of content that have like make say more longevity than social media posts, like like, you know, videos and podcasts and things like that, longer form content. And then we break them down and turn them into a shorter bite-sized content that goes out onto the more fleeting platforms like LinkedIn, where, you know, if you look at like the shelf life of a post on LinkedIn, if it gets a lot of comments, the shelf life might, might be just over a week, but otherwise after a few days, like the post is, is we've moved on, haven't we? Sometimes it's it, it, the algorithms against you and it seems to have gone within hours. But if that's short, you know, there's not a lot of longevity to social media content. But what you did was you took really, really good quality content that was out there and then posted onto the platforms that have the shorter shelf life and then did quite the opposite in terms of bundled that all together, created a new high quality piece of content that was in a longer long form, more longevity, you know, people download that and then bring all that value together that could be really now lost in the ether and actually put it into something for more people to gain from it. So it's really interesting to have gone from, instead of the breaking down, it was the building up of quality content that was out there already. And you mentioned about, you know, just really having more eyes on this content, more people gaining value from it and just expanding its reach and letting it impact people in a different way. I'd love to know, I mean, perhaps you don't, you know, have exact numbers to hand out. I don't expect you to really, but if you were to compare the audience of this content through the the LinkedIn posts compared to the audience with the LinkedIn posts and the ebook on top. Where, what do you think that reach was? Like, how how do you think you expanded the reach in terms of percentage? How many people downloaded the ebook versus saw the LinkedIn posts? I know, like I said, I don't expect you to have an exact number, but is there an idea of how that reach got expanded? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, it's a tougher sell, right, to get people to read an ebook than it is to get them to look at a little LinkedIn post. So I think all that considered, the book did well, like it did get thousands of downloads. Um, I don't think tens of thousands or anything like that. But again, we are data catalog software. So our our TAM is very, it's very small. It's very niche. However, I know Juan himself has a personal brand and a platform that's quite large. So his LinkedIn posts were definitely getting hundreds of comments, hundreds of likes. But then our ebook also was getting, you know, hundreds, thousands of downloads. So I think that speaks well to it. And when people talk about content repurposing, like marketers on LinkedIn, content repurposing experts, it is always in the form of, hey, we have this huge thing. How do we break it down? How do we waterfall it, right? So a podcast turns into a blog post, which turned into smaller social posts and a little blurb in a newsletter. But the repurposing doesn't necessarily often go in the other direction, or that's not really how I see it that much. People don't talk about, hey, how do we expand this really 
you know, this social post that went viral into more stuff and kind of put more substance around it, do more research around it, build it back up and go the other way. So this was kind of a cool organic example of that happening. And I didn't intentionally do that, to be honest. I wasn't like, oh, let's go the other direction. But that's just how it worked out. And I will say that wherever you see engagement and, you know, liveliness going on in your brand, you do have to, you know, take that opportunity and try to do more with it. Because again, in the data space with SaaS, with technical product, like a lot of people just talk about this stuff and put stuff out there and nobody really cares. Like it falls flat or it just speaks to this really, really niche audience of super, super technical people for whom this stuff is like wildly exciting, but everyone else is like, huh, I don't get it. And so wherever we can find those opportunities and like take the pulse there, I definitely want to capture that magic and that attention and, and grow it further. Yeah, I completely agree. I love what you said, capture that magic and just have your eyes open. And when you see something like, you know, make the most of it, what more can we do with this? And that's exactly what you did. I talk about that quite often. I, I do speaking and keynotes and things like that on repurposing. And I'm often talking about the mindset of repurposing and how you need to have that mindset and you can plan all these waterfalls and things in advance, but sometimes it's just about also being able to jump on things that you see have potential. And I feel like I'm going to share this as an example of a company that had these lively, engaging LinkedIn posts. I think that's going to become part of my keynotes now where I can provide a really good example of how the lively, engaging LinkedIn posts went on to become an ebook and the difference that that made. Yeah, because totally. It's like we don't all have the luxury of writing copy or being head of content for something like Nike or, you know, Apple or whatever. Like we are working with what we've got. And sometimes what we've got is just, hey, five people commented on this on LinkedIn, but normally zero people comment on exactly. it and nobody ever cares. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and you just spot, you know what your signals are, don't you? You spot the signals and you think, well, this is something to us. This means something. So let's do something with it. So I just have one one last question, well, two, but this is the main last question, which is for anybody listening right now who is inspired and they're just thinking, you know what, we have lots of content in a similar way, like a, a series that we did on X or something that we did on Twitter. And this has really inspired me to consolidate that content and, and find the value and create something like an ebook or a, a great PDF or infographic or something. What one tip would you give just for getting started with that so like the first sort of step of getting started with taking social and turning it into something long form written yeah i would say look to user generated content so look to the engagement look where you see those conversations happening and then use that as a springboard to grow the content further like in this case if you're trying to grow a small piece of content into a larger one, look at the conversations that are happening to help you develop those themes or maybe even, hey, there's in the LinkedIn comments, there's a really good quote. Let's pull out that quote and put that in the ebook and expand on that theme. So I think wherever there's conversation happening, wherever you see people are paying attention and their interest is peaked, just kind of amplify that, grow that to the max that you can. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Great piece of advice. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a fantastic, inspiring conversation and really good story. Where would you like people to go 
to connect with you online and let you know that they heard this great podcast episode? Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm just on LinkedIn at Liz Elfman, and that's mostly where I post about copywriting and talk to other people in the industry, so you can find me there. Brilliant. Well, as always, we will add your LinkedIn link to the podcast show notes. So if you're listening to this now, there'll be a link to Liz's LinkedIn right there in the show notes. So do go connect and say that you heard her on the Content NX podcast. That would be awesome. Right. Well, thank you so much, Liz. It's been an awesome conversation and I know everybody is going to get lots of value from it. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. so I hope you enjoyed that discussion and thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoy the content 10x podcast then why not hit that subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice so that you can get updated when new episodes are released and I'd really really appreciate it if you could leave a review as well that really makes a difference for the podcast also please do get a copy of my book content 10x more content less time maximum results it is the ultimate guide to repurposing every type of content and it's available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback and also in audiobook as well and you can head to content10x.com forward slash book to find all the other places that you can get a copy of my book and if you would like us to do your content repurposing for you then we offer a fully end-to-end done-for-you content repurposing service this is for podcasters and video content creators we have our podcast 10x video 10x and also our specific LinkedIn 10x service helping you to become the leading authority in your industry on LinkedIn. You can find out so much more about our services on our website and also please do give me a follow on the social media platforms. I share lots and lots of tips and advice on social media about content repurposing. I'm at content10x on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you try content10x.com forward slash LinkedIn, you'll find my LinkedIn profile over there as well. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.